Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. Good morning, New City. What a challenging time that we are in. Uh, I woke up to find some uh, posts on Facebook from one of my dear friends who's also a pastor saying that he had lost his brother. That makes the second pastor I know who's lost a family member here in South Florida in the past week. And, and my friend who had just lost his brother posted some text messages that he had shared back and forth with his brother as his brother was getting ready to go to the hospital, which made reading the post just, just very sober. Um, and the one thing that his brother wanted to communicate to my friend was that he loved and supported his, his family. And it's interesting, in, in the midst of this time, when everything's kind of burning away that's not essential, love, love remains, doesn't it? it? It becomes what's most important to us. Uh, the author Marlon Watling tells a story about scholar N.T. Wright. And Wright was asked if he was on his deathbed and his children were around him, what's the one thing that he would tell them? And what, uh, what Wright says he would tell his children while he was on his deathbed was this, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Uh, Wright says the person who walks out of the pages of the gospel to meet us is just central and irreplaceable. Jesus is always a surprise. We never quite have Jesus in our pockets. He is always coming at us from different angles. Then listen to this. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what it means to be human, look at Jesus. If you want to know what love is, look at Jesus. And going on look and go on looking until you're not a spectator, but part of the drama that has him as the central character. As things get stripped away, love becomes more essential and becomes the one thing that is important to all of us. But what's interesting is Wright didn't necessarily just say how he loved his children. He wanted them to experience even a greater love than he himself could give them. A love that only comes from Jesus. You see, Jesus loves like no other. There, there's no one who loves with the quality and the, and the radical sacrifice that Jesus does. Jesus loves like no other, but in that he calls us to receive his love and then love each other. We are going to be spending the week in the farewell discourse, which is John 13 through 17. It, it all comes from the night that Jesus was betrayed, just hours away from his death. And it is much like a, a last message that he's giving to his disciples Many of the chapters that we're going to read through over the next week are almost exclusively read. In other words, Jesus is talking much of the time, and he's giving this teaching, but it's also so intimate. It's, it's both hopeful and treacherous. It's full of promises and commands. And as we look at this upcoming week and the challenge of what's ahead, us, ahead of us, I think we need to focus in on Jesus and look at him again and look for his deep, deep love for us, that we may reflect that love to a watching world. If you have your Bible, open up to John 13. Jesus, as we explore your love in this passage, be with us and help us to see it clearly. 
In your name we pray. Amen. John chapter 13. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God and that he was going back to God. So he got up from the supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. Next he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but then also wash my hands and my head. One who has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly since that's, that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I'm not speaking about all of you. I, I know that I have chosen. But the scripture must be fulfilled. The one who eats my bread has raised his heel against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. Truly, I tell you, whoever receives anyone I send receives me, and the one who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said this, he was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples started looking at one another, uncertain which one he was speaking about. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining close besides Jesus. Simon Peter motioned to him to find out who it was he was talking about. So he leaned back against Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus replied, he's the one I give the piece of bread to after I have dipped it. When he had dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son. After Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, what you're doing, do quickly. None of those reclining at the table knew why he said this to him. Since Judas kept the money bag, some thought that Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. After receiving this piece of bread, he immediately left, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so now I tell you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
Lord, Simon Peter said to him, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Lord, Peter asked, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus replied, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, I tell you, a rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. The word of God. Uh, Jesus loves like no other. Verse 1 tells us, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Well, how do we see his love in this text? First of all, we see it in that he loves even though he knows. He loves even though he knows. I want you to imagine for a moment that you have heard about a family in your neighborhood who you don't know too well, and they, uh, they are out of food. They are out of food and supplies, and you decide that you're going to bless them. And so you cook this extravagant meal, and you invite them to come into your backyard using the rules of social distancing. You set up one table for them and one table for yourself, and you have this feast together uh, because you want to care about them. But during that time when you're all eating, one of, the, one of the people slips into your house and steals all your supplies, lets himself out, takes all your supplies to their home, and leaves you without them. Now, you go inside, you're totally surprised, but they're gone, and they have taken advantage of you. Uh, would you have still invited them over if you had known what you were going, what they were going to do? Would you still have invited them and tried to love on them if you knew the treachery that they were going to commit against you? Probably not. But Jesus loves even though he knows. First of all, he knows that Judas will betray him. And yet he loves Judas till the end. He's not vindictive against Judas when he dismisses him from the table, but tells him to go because he loves Judas till the end. It's amazing because the text tells us that it's actually a very scary moment. Satan enters the room. Satan enters into the heart of Judas. But Jesus loves Judas, not being vindictive against him, even though Judas is an instrument of Satan. Jesus loves Judas even though he knows. But he loves Peter, even though he knows Peter will leave him. He, I mean, he's honest with Peter and tells him at the end of the chapter that Peter will deny him. But Jesus doesn't despise Peter, even though he knows Peter will abandon him because he loves Peter to the end. Jesus loves like no other. He loves even though he knows, and he knows that it's the time for him to go to the cross. In verse 1 and 3, it tells us that Jesus knew his hour had come. And what, what an amazing thing to be at the end of your life, a, a time when you need comfort, but be thinking about other people, uh, other people and loving them till the very end of your life. Jesus' love is so radical, and we see how he loves like no other because he loves even though he knows, even though he knows. And what's amazing is what he does in that moment to show his love. He loves by serving. He loves by serving. He, he takes off his robe and he wraps himself up in a way that 
that communicates that he's a servant, and he gets down on the floor, and he washes the feet of his disciples. Now, this was so surprising to them, because Jesus, in their mind, was their teacher and their Lord, and he was taking on the task that the lowest of the low did. You know, you didn't make eye contact with the person who was washing your dirty feet, but here they are, their master, getting down on the ground and washing their feet. What an act of humility. What an act of service. I mean, Jesus is the most significant person in the whole universe. In this moment that he's about to enter into on the cross is the most significant moment in the history of the universe. And yet he grasps this moment and shows love by serving, doing something that is humiliating and yet so intimate, so intimate with his disciples. He loves them through serving. But he also loves them through his self-sacrifice. Uh, during this time, him and Peter kind of go back and forth, and Peter's like, you can't, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus says, well, unless I wash you, you will have no part of me. And what Jesus is referring to is not the washing of feet, but the cleansing of our souls and hearts from sin by his blood. Now, Peter doesn't understand that, but Jesus is referring to the fact that he is going to self-sacrifice. He is going to give his life so that Peter and you and I can receive the forgiveness of sins. And so we see Jesus' love and his allusion to his self-sacrifice of going to the cross and dying for sinners who are undeserving and even in this story, unaware of what he's about to do. But Jesus loves like no other, doesn't he? We hope you're inspired by God's word. What have you learned so far? As you listen, pray about applying it to your life. Let's continue in God's word. There's a great hymn that, that talks about Jesus' love, and it says, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. Have you received the love of Jesus? Are you aware of the depths of his love for you today? Life is fragile, and now's not really a time to play around with what you believe. Jesus' love is expressed so clearly in what he has done for you and I on the cross. You and I have been separated from God because of our sins, because of our violation of God's commandment, because of our our refusal to worship God at the center of our life. But, but Jesus shows his great love for us by dying for undeserving people, by giving his life for sinners, that when you and I place our trust in him, when we turn away from running our lives and give our lives to him, we are washed clean and forgiven. We are accepted as children of God. We are part of the family of God, and his love is forever on us. Have you received Jesus' love today? We would love it if you do. Don't wait. Time is of the essence and life is fragile. But if you already know Jesus, be reminded of his love this morning. He loves you. He really does love you. And he calls us to receive that love and to give that love. Just like Jesus loves like no other, as we receive his love, he calls us to love 
each other, to love one another, and to do uh, the, the acts of serving to express that love just like he does. In verse 14, Jesus says, So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. In other words, do, do you see me here, what I'm doing for you? Do you see me here taking on the role of a servant in washing your feet? Uh, emulate that. Do what I'm doing. Now, the, throughout the, the history of the church, many churches have taken this to mean that they literally need to do foot washing. And, and that's commendable. Uh, but we don't see foot washing anywhere else in the scripture. In fact, when we find out what the early church is doing in Acts 2, it doesn't say that they are washing feet. But that's because the foot washing is symbolic of something that's much more difficult than foot washing. Uh, self-sacrificial service. You know, if we just washed each other's feet, it would be a good thing, but then the act would be over and we could move on. Jesus is calling us to give all of our lives in sacrifice and service and love to each other. And that is far more difficult and far more challenging. Jesus is calling us to lay down our lives in love for each other. How are you doing on that right now? I mean, there are so many things that you and I want to take care of. We want to make sure all our bases are covered with our finances and our supplies and our food and our personal health. And all those things are important. But have you thought about Jesus' call to love, to love one another, to, to sacrifice and serve each other? We can do that by not hoarding, but sharing our supplies. We can do that by not just thinking about self-preservation but sacrificing and praying for other people that we know. And as we do acts of love, it will shine brightly in this dark moment in our world. It is challenging in this moment. And we need to pray for God's creativity to come into us so that we can love each other in this challenging moment. But let me ask you this. As you think about love, who is nearest to you? And how can you serve them? Who do you see and how could you love them? Because we are called to love one another. In fact, Jesus says it is our love that makes us known as his disciples. In verse 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In other words, Jesus is actually putting on uh, himself, he's putting himself on display through us, by the way we love each other. Juan Carlos Ortiz, who's an author, uh, describes this in a great way in his book, As I Have Loved You. Listen to this couple paragraphs. He compares the way we love one another to watching a trapeze show. He says, watching a trapeze show is breathtaking. We wonder at the dexterity and timing. We grasp at the near misses. In most cases, there is a net underneath. When they fall, they jump up and bounce back to the trapeze. In Christ, we live on the trapeze. The, the whole world should be able to watch us and say, look how they live, look how they love one another. That is to live on the trapeze being a show to the world. Well, what happens when we slip, Ortiz goes on, the net is surely there. The, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ has provided forgiveness for all our trespasses, both the net and the ability to stay on the trapeze are works of God's grace. 
Of course, we can't be continually sleeping on the net. If that is the case, I doubt whether the person is a trapezist at all. And what Ortiz is getting at is this is the very way that Jesus lets the world know who he is through our love. Of course, we'll fail. We'll fail bad at times. But because it's hard to love and because we'll fail to love shouldn't keep us from trying to love. In fact, Jesus says it is love through which the world will know that you're my disciples. Not our perfection, not our wisdom, but our love. In fact, Jesus says that this love is a new command. In verse 35, he says, I give you a new command, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. It's interesting because the command to love isn't new in the Bible. In the Old Testament, it had been written, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So what is new about the command to love? Well, Jesus tells us, as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. See, Jesus is saying, what I'm doing is an example, but it's not just something that you watch me do. It is received by you first. In other words, you get this love before you can give this love. And you can't give this kind of love unless you get this kind of love from Jesus Christ. But once you get this kind of love, you want to give Jesus' radical love away to others. Jesus loves like no other, and he calls us to love one another. As Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, for the love of Christ compels us. Let's let that love for us compel us to love each other this week. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for your great love for us. Go with us and be with us and remind us of that deep love. And for those that might be hearing this message and not know you, might this be the moment when they give themselves over to your great love for them, expressed on the cross and dying for their sins. Amen. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.